What is up, everybody, and welcome back to DW Sports Episode 9. I am your host, Will Feller. And I'm your co-host, David Skerrig. And finally, the day we have all been waiting for, the NBA is back, along with MLB, which we'll get to in another episode. But the NBA is finally back, one of my favorite leagues to watch. And there have been some pretty exciting games over the past couple days. I really, really enjoyed watching teams play in Orlando more than I thought I would with no fans and everything. But it's still, it still feels like I'm watching a normal game. It doesn't really seem like the fans are really affecting anything. And a couple games have been blowouts, but the, a couple games have been close. Speaking of close games, opening night, both games were decided by two points. The Jazz beats the Pelicans by two and the Lakers beat the Clippers by two. I was very excited for that Lakers-Clippers game, and I think that's going to be a preview on what's to come in the playoffs. Before we, get to get, before we get to that game, let's talk about the Jazz and the Pelicans first. Obviously, the Jazz came out on top by two, but if you guys were watching the game, you saw that the very last play of the game when the Pelicans had a chance to, to tie the game to go to overtime or win. Part of the reason why a lot of people like college basketball more than NBA is what Brandon Ingram exactly did at the very end. And what I mean by that is an NBA player in a game-winning shot, it's you get the ball at the top of the key and you go ISO for 10, 12 seconds, however many seconds you got, and then you shoot a step back three to win. Which, I mean, I already knew it was going to happen before the play even started. I said they're going to get their best player, and they're going to try to take a step back three and win. And I called it. He missed. It was still a good game, but that's part of the reason why a lot of people, I feel like, watching college basketball better. But another question was, dude, why did the Pelicans play as nine only 15 minutes? What do you think their reasoning for that was? And that was a very good question because I had the same question. I was really confused because, you know, I feel like if they would have played Zion more minutes, they would have won that game. Um, he had he had 13 points in 15 minutes. So think about that. If they would have played him more minutes, I think they would have won that game. But I think the reasoning behind that is they want to make sure he's healthy before the playoffs they want to make sure yeah they want to make sure he's healthy but I I do think they should have played him longer just so they can ensure they're going to get into the playoffs into a play on playing game with the Grizzlies so the reasoning behind that is just because they want to make sure he's healthy and I think I think he's going to get more minutes with the games to come and we'll just see what happens with Zion and I think that's stupid why they you know want to play in 15 minutes to see if he's healthy like what do you have to lose you guys aren't in the playoffs right now you guys are fighting for a spot what do you have to lose if the dude gets hurt then the dude gets hurt I mean let's be real Pelicans you guys aren't gonna make it past the first round realistically if you do make the playoffs so what, why, why aren't you playing your rookie? Why aren't you letting him develop? He's back from his injury. It's the same thing like Victor Oladipo when he said he didn't want to play with the Pacers in Orlando. He, ended up, he did end up playing, but he said he wasn't going to. Like, 
Why? Just why? And the Pacers are in a better situation than the Pelicans are. But Zion literally missed two shots. He shot six for eight from the field on 13 points. He was playing good. I mean, he wasn't having a horrible game at all. So I really don't understand what Alvin Gentry is doing in that situation. Because you're playing against the Jazz, right? So not only does it put a great player out there on the floor, it also gives you defense down low to stop Rudy Gobert. I mean, who else are you going to have in the game to stop Rudy Gobert? Derek Favors? Jackson Hayes? Like, that's, those pieces aren't going to work against Rudy Gobert down low. They're not strong enough. I wouldn't say not strong enough. They're not as strong as Zion to stop that down low. And if I was Zion, I would be mad too. I mean, you literally have nothing to lose. You're fighting for a spot. And I, I seriously do not understand why they would ever do that. I mean, I feel like a high school coach could play that out better. And no respect to Alvin Gentry, but I'm just saying, like, I really just don't understand whatsoever. Something that did surprise me, though, I'm surprised that J.J. Redick isn't in the starting lineup for the Pelicans, though. Because they ran with Brandon Ingram, Zion, Derek Favors, Lonzo, and Drew Holiday. We all know that Zion, Drew Holiday, and Brandon Ingram are starters. But honestly, if I were me, I'd put J.J. Redick in the starting lineup for Lonzo. And I know that makes the ball handling get worse. But Lonzo, he only had four points. Redick has 21. And I don't know, that's probably an unpopular opinion, but I just feel like that Redick deserves to be a starter for the Pelicans. As for the Jazz, I mean, their bench, you can just tell, is weak. That wasn't anything new. That's It was like that all season. They, they only had 27 points off their bench that first game, and Jordan Clarkson had 23 of them. But all five of their starters worked well together. They all had 12 and up. But do you think that the Jazz have a shot of making it to the Western Conference Finals with Gobert and Donovan Mitchell? Do you think they have potential to pull off an upset in the playoffs, or do you feel like that they're a one-and-done? I think they're going to be a one-and-done team. And the reason I say that is because their bench is so weak. And you need to have a good bench to go far in the playoffs as long as – as long with – along with a good starting lineup. And the Jazz do have a good starting lineup. And Gobert had 14 and 12. Conley had 20 and 4. Donovan Mitchell had 20 and 5. So I think they have a good starting lineup. And, you know, they were good together. Like you said, they all have 12 and up. But their bench is weak. Georges Niang had zero points. Emmanuel Moody had zero points. And Jordan Clarkson had 23. Uh, Jordan Clarkson would have never had 23 for the Lakers. So what I see here is when they're going to put in their bench, it's just going to go downhill. So I don't think – I think they're going to be a one-and-done team. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I was, you know, excited to watch the NBA. That was a pretty good game. But the game – that I was really waiting to watch tonight was the Lakers versus the Clippers. The Lakers came out on top by two. And I see a lot of NBA fans saying, 
yeah, the Lakers are going to win the championship. They beat the Clippers. And I said in two or three episodes before, no, the Lakers are not winning the championship. It is going to be the Clippers. Here's a little fun fact here. The Clippers have had 11 games in the season at full strength with everybody on their team healthy. And in those 11 games, they went 10-1. and 10-1. and one. Lou Williams left the bubble because he decided to party with Jack Harlow. So he has to go into quarantine. So he had to leave the bubble. And Montrezl Harrell was, uh, wasn't playing that game either. So here's the thing. Lou Williams brings scoring to the table. Montrezl Harrell brings defense to the table. The Clippers only lose by two. I think if Lou Will is playing more minutes instead of Joakim Noah or people like that on the, off their bench, they win that game because Lou Williams shows he's an elite scorer off the bench. Montrezl Harrell can stop the dribble drive from LeBron and Anthony Davis and kicking it out to the wings. I mean – Kawhi and Paul George are still there, yes, but you got to think of the supporting cast. you got to think of the supporting cast. I mean, yeah, obviously Paul George and Kawhi are going to do their thing. I mean, they combined for 58 points, more than half of the team's points. Paul George literally, every time he caught the ball, he fired away. Seems like he hit every time. No surprise for me there than there. Pastor Beverly, 12 points, 3 and D guy, you know, pretty clear. but. I think Harrell and Lou Williams is such a big missing piece because instead of Harrell protecting the paint, you have Marcus Morris, who isn't a very physical guy, and you have Zubach, who isn't a very good defensive guy as well. I mean, Monstrous Harrell is such a better guy down low. Then you have LeBron and AD, who did their thing with the Lakers as well. But overall, their supporting cast isn't as good. So, Davis, I don't know if you disagree with me on this, but do you believe that the Clippers have everybody healthy? They will be champions. Because I, I know you like the Bucks. So, do you think the Clippers would pull it off, or do you think the Bucks would get them, or the Lakers? Even? I mean, I still like the Bucks, but if we're talking about the Clippers versus the Lakers in an Eastern Conference final, I think – or Western Conference final, I think it's easily going to be the Clippers. I mean, LeBron – LeBron had the game-winning shot. He he also walked up on defense at the end of the game. But I think with more with more firepower in that rotation than just Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I think it's going to work out. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard got walked up by LeBron on the last play. And so I think if they had – a guy that's not like Zubach or Mark Markeith Morris, I think they would have easily been able to dish it off to one of the other players and they would eventually hit the game winning shot. And so with with everybody healthy, it's definitely gonna be the Clippers to make it to the finals, but I do still like the Bucks. I mean Giannis Giannis just goes crazy every single game against the Celtics. Against the Celtics, Giannis had 36, 36 and 15. And then he added on seven assists. So I think he's just unstoppable. So I think it's going to be the Bucks, but I think the Clippers are going to make it to the finals. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know 
why I kept saying Marcus Morris. That kind of makes me seem like I don't know basketball. But I always get I always get those two guys mixed up. I always get Marcus Morris and Markeith Morris mixed up. But Marcus Morris plays for the Celtics. Markeith plays for the Clippers. But, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that last play, LeBron locking up Kawhi and Paul George because Doc Rivers, he was going to drop a play for Kawhi or Paul George. Everybody knew that coming. And Kawhi got the ball first. Kawhi or Paul George got the ball first. LeBron got on whoever had the ball, and then he switched to the other person. LeBron is 35 years old, and he still got locked down defense at 35 years old. The man's got gray hair on his beard, but he's still got it. Lakers come out on top by two with the Clippers, but overall, I think the Clips are going to take that game. I mean, right now, without Harold or Lou Williams, I think the Lakers are going to win that series 4-2. to two. Maybe even four to three. It just depends on how hard Kawhi or how hard Kawhi and Paul George fight. But with the Clippers, with Harold and Lou Williams, I think the Clippers are going to win four to three in that series. But overall, a very good opening night in NBA. I mean, I really enjoyed watching it. As we speak right now, um, there are a couple games going on. Two, as I consider, worst teams in the bubble right now because. The Wizards don't have Bradley Beal, and the Nets don't have KD, Kyrie, Dinwiddie, or DeAndre Jordan, but they're playing right now, and then the Celtics are blowing out the Trailblazers. But, um, yeah, anyways, good opening night. We move on to Friday. The first game of Friday, July 31st, the Magic and the Nets, I think we all expected this coming. The Magic won by 10, but it's just hard for the – Brooklyn Nets, when they don't have Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, KD, or Kyrie, they have Jared Allen and Karis LeVert as their best players. And the Magic aren't a great team either, but, I mean, it's, it's really just hard for the Nets. It's hard, and I don't blame them. I mean, you can't control who's going fl- to play and who's not, excuse me, but the Magic, they're fighting to keep their place in the playoffs. And I believe that they will make the playoffs. They had everybody play. The Nets and the Magic both had everybody play for some reason. But, I mean, come on. The Nets literally have – the Nets literally had Chris Chioza in their starting lineup, which, you know, is not very common. He did not shoot the ball very well either. He went 0 for 5 from three-point land. But, yeah, I mean, I think we all expected that coming. Do, do you feel like the Nets are the worst team in the bubble, or do you think there's somebody worse than the Nets right now? Right now, it's definitely the Nets. I mean, without their star players, it's just hard to hard. win. It's just hard to win without KD. It's hard to win when Chris Chioza is in your starting lineup. Just think about this. It's hard to win when you let Evan Fournier, which I can't even pronounce his name very well, score 24 points on you. That, that, it's just hard to win. I mean, Chris Chioza, like you said, didn't shoot good at all. He only had – he went one for six. He only had two points. Karis LeVert had 17. Timothy – Timothy Luwu 
Kerberit had 24. So, I mean, they lost by 10 to the Magic, and the Magic aren't a good team at all. So it's just going to be hard for the Nets to win. It really is, and I, I don't think they're – I think they're the worst team in basketball right now in the bubble. I mean, I kind of feel on the Magic on a good team, but, like, they do have Evan Fournier, who's a scorer. I know you said he had 24, and that kind of shocked you, but he, he is a scorer. He always kills me in 2K anyways. But And then they have Vucevic and Aaron Gordon as well. They're not as bad as most people think they are, but, I mean, I think they're an eight-seed caliper team in the East. But, yeah, the Nets struggle bus, struggle busting. Next game, um, I couldn't watch this game because I don't have NBA League Pass, but the Grizzlies versus the Trailblazers. Um, I mean, really not much to talk about here. Really not much to talk about. The Blazers won an overtime by five. Um, you know, I really like how the Grizzlies are a young team. I really like how they have Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, Brandon Clark, and Dylan Brooks, all really young guys. And they're the opposite of the Pelicans. Jaron Jackson Jr. and ja, Jaron Jackson Jr. played 43 minutes and Ja played 41. They play their young guys to try to develop them, unlike the Pelicans who play their young guys 15 minutes a game. But yeah, really not much to talk about. I mean, I wish I could I wish I could watch every single game. But you know, I'm 15. I don't have the decision whether we can get NBA League Pass or not. Yeah, I mean, Lillard and McCollum did their thing, combined for 62. I really like how the Blazers have an eight-man rotation as well. Like, every single game that I click on, it seems like everybody has played. For the Blazers, it's just an eight-man rotation. It's a solid rotation. And I really like that. Do you have any takes on the Grizzlies and Blazers at all? Yeah, I, what people, who people don't talk about is Carmelo. Carmelo. Carmelo had 21 points, and, you know, he he used to be a very good player, and then he was washed up for a little bit, and now I feel like Carmelo's going back to being a star player. Maybe not – maybe not a – I shouldn't have said star player. I should have said something like a role player, more of a role player. He had 21 points to go along with Willard and McCollum's 62. Gary Trent Jr. had 17, but I'm, I think Carmelo should get more respect than what he's getting. Yeah, like as I said, there's really not much to talk about there because I couldn't watch the game. I'm sure I could have said a lot more if I could watch it, but um, the next game of that day was the Suns versus the Wizards, another game we expected coming. The Wizards without Bradley Beal are just – not that great of a basketball team. Um, Suns came out on top. Booker and DeAndre in did what they expect to do. I mean, Rui Hashimura is playing 30 minutes a game. Pretty good for a rookie. Um, you know, Troy Brown Jr. with 15. Shabazz Napier with 12. Jerome Robinson actually had 20 off the bench with 32 minutes, which is pretty rare. Um, but... I feel like – here's my take, okay? 
I feel like the Phoenix Suns will be a playoff team in three years. And I know a lot of Suns fans said that like three years ago, and they're nowhere near that. But you've got DeAndre Ayton, who's young. You've got Mikel Bridges, who's young. You've got Devin Booker, who's young. You've got pieces. I mean, I think that those guys are seriously going to develop hardcore in the next few years. And I seriously think that the Suns could be a playoff team if they're in the East right now, if they moved over to the East. I mean, the Suns aren't that far off. I feel like they're kind of like the Bengals in football. Like, they're not that far off, but they're never just there. They never can just get it clicking. But, yeah, Suns come out on top by 13 over the Wizards. Pretty expected. Um, And as I said earlier, we're just going to be, you know, going game by game here. So three more games on that day. Uh, Here's a good one. The Celtics and the Bucks, baby. I I, I enjoyed watching this one. The thing that shocked me the most, Jason Tatum goes two for 18 from the field and five points. Like, what the heck? And Kimbo only played 19 minutes as well. Um, I'm surprised. I, I'm, I'm going to let you talk first because the thing that I'm about to say kind of gets my blood boiling. So I'm going to let you talk about this game first. You know, again, Giannis had 36, 15, and 7. And Middleton had 18 and 8 and 5. So I think I think when the Bucks put all their pieces together and Middleton starts to score more, they're gonna be champions. Brooke Lopez had fourteen. Robin Lopez had nine. Dante DiVincenzo had ten. And Wesley Matthews had nine. So their whole starting lineup almost had double digits. Um Wesley Matthews didn't quite get there, but I think once these pieces come together and Middleton starts scoring more and Brooke Lopez starts scoring more, Wesley Matthews starts hitting threes, Dante DiVincenzo hits more threes, I think they're going to be champions. And I want to go back to what you said about Jason Tatum only having five points. You know, Jason Tatum is arguably – probably the best player on their team probably the best player on the Celtics and he only had five points and they only lost by seven so so I think when Jason Tatum starts going for as many points as we know he can I think the Celtics might make a deep run in the playoffs too My one reason on why I don't think the Bucs are going to make it to the finals is what you just said. They still only won by seven and their best player had five points. That's why I don't think they're going to make it to the finals. And I, I know for a fact you disagree with me on this because you think they're going to win the finals. This is just my take on it. The Bucs can't capitalize when their best player is down. And Kemba only had 19 minutes as well. I mean, Brad Stevens is an exceptional coach. The Celtics are still a good team. But the Bucks only winning by seven 
with their best player not having a good game, you know, I feel like that's something that LeBron and AD or Kawhi and Paul George would be able to, to capitalize on and to make it a blowout. You know, Giannis against two people. Giannis is a great player, but Giannis against two of those guys, I think, is going to hurt him in the playoffs in the long run. I, I know for a fact they're probably going to get past the East. I don't question that. But I feel like whoever they're going to match up against in the West, in the finals, is going to hurt him. Chris Middleton's a solid player as well, but nowhere near Paul George or nowhere near Anthony Davis. So that's the exact reason I don't think the Bucks are going to win the finals. And I know you disagree with me on that, and that's fine. We're not always going to have the same opinion. Uh, moving on to the uh, – we got to get through these couple games in um, a couple minutes. So, Kings, Spurs, and Rockets, Mavs, you know, those two games. Again, not really much to say about those two games. I mean, De'Aaron Fox had an excellent game for the Kings. Um, I think, you know, he's he's a very good player for the Sacramento Kings. I think he's coming to save the Kings and put the Kings organization back on the map. But, I mean, really nothing else. DeRozan at 27, Spurs win. Um, yeah, really not much to say about that game. You got any takes on that game or no? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't see anything that stood out to me other than Fox developing into a great young player. The last game of that day was the Rockets and the two Texas teams, Rockets and Mavericks and uh, overtime game. Uh, you know, and I really like about this game is three out of the five Rockets starters had 20 or more points. Daniel House, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. And the funny thing is Rockets fans, like, Whenever James Harden drops 49, it's like it's not even a big deal at all, which is kind of funny to me. Um, and then, yeah, there was three three out of the five players in the Mavericks had 24 points or more. Tim Hardaway Jr., Luka, and Chris Stapps had 39. Um, and then Trey Burke had 31 off the bench. So, I mean, those guys really just carried the load for the Mavericks. But overall, excellent game to watch. Excellent game to watch. Luca is going to be a very good player. I, I think if Chris Stapps just gets into a groove a little bit, then the Mavericks will be a dangerous team. I, the Rockets, I mean, I thought the Rockets are going to be more dangerous than they are with Russ and James Harden, but it's pretty hard in the West. It's pretty hard in the West. Do you think James Harden is going to win – Another MVP? Yeah, I think I do think he will. Just just look at his numbers for this season and I just don't know how the NBA committee is gonna be able to pass up on him. Those were uh so those games we just talked about, those are all your your Friday, July thirty first games. Um, you know, pretty good games there. And then Saturday, there were three games first, right? Heat Nuggets, Jazz Thunder, Clippers, Pelicans. All three of them were blowouts. 
And as you know, Davis and I both like the Pacers. We grew up liking the Pacers. We're from Indiana. So the Pacers game comes. I told my dad, I said, before the game, I said, Malcolm Brogdon and the Monster Sabonis aren't playing. Somebody's going to have to step up and have a big game. And I said, maybe, I said, it's probably going to have to be TJ Warren or Miles Turner. And what I meant by that is a solid game, 20, 25 points, something like that. Just a solid game for the Pacers. Little I don't know, this man, TJ Warren, dropped 53, 53 on, their, on the Sixers, bro. Like, that is so uncommon. That is the third most points in a game scored. Uh, I don't really know how to word that. It's the third best points in a game scored in Pacers history at 53. The only two people that he did worse than was Reggie Miller, who had 57, and Jermaine O'Neal, who had 55. And TJ Warren's now third in Pacers history, which is pretty good. The Pacers game was literally the only one that wasn't a blowout yesterday because the Raptors blew out the Lakers by 15. By the way, the Lakers are 0-4 against the Raptors this season. Um, you know, what did you ever expect TJ Warren to have a game like that ever in his whole Pacer career? No. There's no way on earth I ever thought that. I thought Harden was going to be the first 50-point game in the bubble, and when Harden wasn't the first 50-point game, game, I was I was like, Okay, well, it's it's not going to be until the next time Harden plays. Come to know, T.J. Warren drops 53. It looked like he couldn't miss yesterday. It, it just looked like he couldn't miss. And I really loved seeing that from T.J. Miles Turner didn't have a good game yesterday. He only had two rebounds. He was in foul trouble. That just makes me mad. Two rebounds? I I just don't know. It will be interesting to see what the Pacers do with Turner next season. Uh, Oladipo, he, he played pretty good with 15 points and seven rebounds. Aaron Holiday had 15 points and 10 assists. So all around, all around they played good. But T.J. Warren carried that load. Yeah, and, for sure. I mean, as as we see, the Heat beat the Nuggets by 20. The Pacers will most likely have to play the Heat first round. And the Heat are a very tough team to beat. So, I don't know what's going to happen during the playoffs. But Embiid had 41. Tobias Harris has 30. So, I mean, the Pacers beat an outstanding 76ers team. But I have a feeling it's if we don't have players like T.J. Warren scoring 30, 30 points a game, especially with how they played, I don't think it's going to happen for the Pacers this year. And here's the thing about the Pacers. I, I, watch, um, I watch YouTube a lot, and – a lot of YouTubers are reacting to highlights of every single NBA game after the game. 
I watched about four or five YouTubers reacting to the Pacers-Sixers game today. And one of them said, I forgot the Pacers were a team. One of them said, I don't know, and I don't know a single player on the Pacers. Another one said, I only know Victor Oladipo. And then when TJ Warren started going off in the highlight video, he said, who is this guy? And the one that made me the most mad, he said, the Pacers aren't even a good team. I forgot they're a team until like yesterday, which is really what made me mad. Everybody keeps sleeping on the Pacers. Like, it's because we're a small market team. I, would say, I shouldn't say we're. They are a small market team. And we haven't won any championships. We're not a historical team. And we're a small market team. But, I mean, at least just respect that we have an outstanding coach, outstanding fans. And, you know, we're capable of beating good teams like that. And before the game, I thought that there was no way, no way that T.J. Warren had 53 and lead the Pacers over Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And I know you're like, well, you're going against your team. Well, I'm not going against my team, but let's be realistic here. For all you football fans out there, it's like, okay, let's say, let's say the Falcons got there without Matt Ryan or Julio Jones, and they're playing the Chiefs. Or, no, let's not say the Chiefs. Let's say the Seahawks. If you're a Falcons fan, you're going to say, I don't expect us to win this game, which is basically what I was saying with the Pacers. And then somebody like you, somebody like TJ Warren, somebody like Calvin Ridley for you Falcons fans or just football fans starts going off. It's sort of like what that is. But overall, I mean, the Pacers game was really the only good one of the day. And another thing is, the Pacers game was the only one not on live TV yesterday. The only one. And you know why? Because we're not a big market team. Because the NBA doesn't feel like that anybody wants to watch the Pacers. But guess what? The Pacers, honestly, I think is the most slept on team in the NBA. And I'm lucky that I have Fox Sports Indiana so I can watch every Pacer game. But for the rest of the games, no, I, nothing to talk about at all. I mean, they're all blowouts, besides the fact that Paul George is on fire right now. But other than that, there's really nothing to talk about at all. Um, but anyways, that's going to wrap it up for this NBA episode. Me and Davis should be bringing you another episode very, very shortly. Um, with Mike Tyson coming back, Jamal Adams trade and MLB opening day stuff. Yes, we did not forget about that Jamal Adams trade. We know. Um, and I'm excited to talk about that. I, I love talking about any type of sports. But as for now, um, we're signing off. We'll see you guys soon. I'm your host, Will Feller. And I'm your co-host, Davis Garrett. See you guys later.